Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. everyone, welcome to Paranormal Heart Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Folks, my special guests for episode 103 are dear friends and hosts of Paratruth Radio, Eric Skurback and Justin Cancellari. Eric and Justin have been hosting Paratruth Radio for nine years now, and they've decided to bring the show to an end. It wasn't an easy decision to make, but they felt it was time to retire the show and move on to other endeavors. In this episode, Eric and Justin talk about how they started their show, some of their favorite topics and moments over the years, and they share what projects they currently have in the works. This is not the last we'll hear of Justin and Eric. They're not that easy to get rid of. Before we get to the show, here's a listener-submitted true encounter sent by Rory Reese. My encounter took place in Pennsylvania around 2006 in my wife's childhood home We met and got engaged while I was doing a year-long internship at the small scale of Organic Farm on her college campus. After the internship was over, she still had a few months left of college, so we were looking for a temporary place for me to live until she graduated. My future mother-in-law offered for me to stay in my then-fiancé's old room until we could get a place. I took her up on it and got a job at a nearby convenience store working second shift. My wife had told me that she had an encounter in this room when she was 13, where she awoke to see an old man in overalls standing alongside her bed, looking down at her. She screamed, and he vanished as her sister, who shared the room, woke up and ran over to check on her. Since that time, she had felt uneasy in the house, like she was being watched. I had stayed over a few nights here and there at the house with her prior to moving in and never got any weird vibes so I had hoped the spirits moved on. But the very first night I stayed there alone, I realized that it hadn't. My wife dropped me and my things off and headed back to her dorm. After unpacking a bit, I prepared to call it a night. The room was situated with a bed on either side, with a door that led into the living room. The bed I was staying in was arranged so that the head of it was near the door, rather than the wall of the room. I assume they did this to give each other privacy, I closed the door, turned out the lights, and got into bed. As soon as my head hit the pillow and my eyes drifted shut, I felt the mattress depress on each side of my head, just outside the edge of my pillow. It was so forceful that my head sprang up when the pressure released. I shot up and spun around, expecting to see my mother-in-law standing there. She's a bit of a prankster. But there was no one there, and the door was still closed. I jumped out of bed and hit the lights. Still, nothing there. That night, I slept with the TV on, and it seemed to do the trick. So I continued to do so every night I slept there alone. It seemed to do the trick, but didn't prevent other weirdness. When I started my new job, I realized that my shift had me arriving back home about 10.30 p.m., an hour before my mother-in-law returned from hers. My mother-in-law is awesome, but she was incredibly frugal when it came to electricity, 
and didn't leave a single light on in the apartment on leaving, which meant returning to a pitch-black house, aside from a little bit of street lamp light. Not much of that light made it in either because we were on the second floor. The first night returning home to this pitch-black, empty apartment, I opened the door from the tiny front porch and stared in the abyss. The front door led into the kitchen, and I remembered that, unfortunately, the switch to turn on the kitchen lights was on the inside of the living room wall, so you had to traverse the dark kitchen to access it. I took a step into the apartment and immediately heard what sounded like tiny lasers firing. I jumped back out onto the porch and strained my ears to try and decipher what it could be. I realized that I couldn't just stand on the porch for another hour until my mother-in-law got home, so I mustered up the courage to make another run for the living room. This time, halfway through, I heard a distinct but slightly muffled to infinity and beyond. I hauled ass back out the porch. I wondered what could have made that noise when it hit me. In my bedroom, there was a bin of toys from my wife's sister's daughter, and in that bin was a Buzz Lightyear action figure. I had stayed in that room many nights at this point, and it never did that. So not only was the spirit toying with me, but it was doing so from my bedroom. I decided that it hadn't done anything to physically harm me, though, so I had to get over it and make another go for the living room. This time, there were no more noises, and I got to the light switch without incident. These were the two most substantial incidents with the ghost, but this apartment had access to its own attic space, which my mother-in-law used for storage. It seemed like every other week that something needed moved or from it. I would help her out with these tasks, and every time upon leaving the attic, there was the undeniable feeling of eyes on the back of my head. No matter how craftily I tried to throw a quick glance back, I never saw a figure that was responsible for this feeling of being watched. The following summer, my wife graduated, and a couple of months afterwards, we moved into our own new place. I kind of felt bad leaving my mother-in-law to deal with that entity by herself, but she claimed to never have issues with it. Although, she felt it was there. Visiting from time to time went without incident, unless it involved retrieving something from the attic. Thank you so much, Rory, for submitting that amazing encounter. Folks, I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed narrating. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, or if you'd like me to narrate your paranormal encounter, just drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a comment. Tell your friends. Don't keep it to yourself. Tell the world about Paranormal Heart Podcast. You can tell them that new episodes are released on the second and last Sunday of each month at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find me on YouTube, Podbean, KPNL Digital Network on Thursday nights, and any place you find, find podcast. Now, on with the show. Hello, Justin and Eric. Welcome back to Paranormal Heart. Thanks for having us, Kat. Yeah, glad to be back. Yeah, you guys are always welcome. You're, uh, you guys have always helped me right from the beginning. So um, now that it's the ending for you guys, I thought it was only fitting to have you guys on. Yeah, well, for sure. So before we jump into everything, why don't you give the listeners, in case they haven't heard of you guys before, which I'm pretty sure they have, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourselves and what, what you guys are doing. Go ahead, Eric. I, yeah, I mean, so I've pretty much been involved within the par- with the paranormal and the supernatural for nearly as long as I can remember. Uh, you know, I grew up with um, 
uh, you know, like I grew up with uh, the X-Files. My family and I would always sit down and watch it. So very young, I was kind of introduced to the whole paranormal realm. Uh, my house is haunted growing up, the house I'm currently living in, and continued to be haunted up until about a year ago or so uh, when I finally did a cleansing. And it seems to have moved on, but, you know, I don't know. Sometimes there's just things that happen in life that's like, mm, is it still clinging and I just can't feel it anymore or what? Uh, it's but, waiting know, to pounce. It, it seems like that sometimes. <laughs> uh, but so I've always been in, like, I've always really been interested in the paranormal, especially the ghostly side of stuff. Uh, started like digging into the occult and learning about that kind of stuff. And eventually the, started bringing up all these conversations with Justin and I, uh, and it kind of led into this podcast, which a very old podcast of ours called Night Stalkers. Uh, it just kind of something we were doing for fun. And as time progressed, it became more and more uh, of an extension of ourselves and our discussions that we'd have on a daily basis. And so, you know, that led up to Parachute Radio, uh, which we've had now for <clears throat> eight, nine years now, right? Nine Justin? years, yeah. Yeah. So, which is crazy. Because, you know, that's nine years on top of all the other stuff we've done in podcasting uh, since 2008. Um, but yeah, you know, so we've been doing that. And of course, Paratruth is all about talking about the paranormal. Same stuff that you you talk about. Uh, but we've covered everything from the occult to ghosts and angels uh, to cryptids. You know, you name it. We've talked about it. Uh, and it's been a great time. Justin? Yeah. Um, well, same thing for me. I was interested in the paranormal from a very young age. Um, had a Ouija board as a kid, had tarot cards as a kid, and uh, don't know if we had a haunting in the house that I was growing up in, but we always had, uh, I guess, uh, uh, positive results with the, the Ouija board. We never had anything that really stuck out as like bad or anything until the last time that I had used it and I used it by myself. And so that's usually not a good thing either to do. So I ended up giving up the Ouija board. Um, and then I had started tarot in my teens and that kind of has led through to today. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we've had so many iterations of shows in the paranormal. You know, we started with Night Stalkers, and then Eric and I split apart, and I had Parasite Radio. He had Forgotten Truth Radio. And then we came back together with Parat... I'm sorry, yeah, Paratruth Radio. And then uh, I also <laughs> had Beyond Reason for a while by myself, and that kind of just went away as well just because... Uh, Paratruth was kind of going towards what we ended up doing uh, now, which is what I was doing on Beyond Reason. So, uh, yeah, it's been a hell of a ride from 2018 to 2023. So 15 years doing paranormal podcasting. Eh, maybe a break here and there, but not very lengthy of a break. So, hmm. Yeah, you guys have had uh, an amazing go, amazing topics, loved your guests. Um, 
uh, I think I think I knew you guys before the Hatman episode that I listened to, but that's that's um, the first time that I had heard anybody else talk about the Hatman was on your show. Because as uh, the listeners know and you guys know, I grew up with the Hatman in the apartment building that I lived in as a, as a child, and uh, never spoke to anybody about it before. And when I heard uh, your guys' show. Um, and somebody spoke about that. I thought, oh, my God, somebody else has actually seen that. So I thought that was just amazing. And then reached out to you, Justin. And, um, uh, yeah, it's just been uh, chatted for, I don't know, how many years now? Yeah. Yeah, and you guys helped me out an awful lot with my show in the beginning and continue to do so. I pick your brains every once in a while. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I really, yeah, we'll really appreciate it. for all that stuff, so. Yeah, there's a, a few people that uh, we were still in the, I think Jim Maller called it the the duck circle. No, what was it that he, he had a Facebook group with uh, a few of us on there. And uh, mm, yeah. we don't chat all the time, but uh, we, we're still there for each other if we need it. So it's, um, I'm so thankful that we have the circle of friends that we do have. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So tell us how you... You got into the podcasting part. What made you decide to do the work? How did it all start for you? <laughs> well, it was basically like Eric said, we would talk about it a lot. And then uh, it would usually be around a campfire, usually with drinking, uh, <laughs> sometimes a cigar. Um, and uh, he and I were was- watching Ghost Hunters a lot together and Supernatural. And, you know, we started talking about all these different things that we would see on both shows. So just randomly one day I said, I wonder if there's a online radio that we could do a show on. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, there was podcasting, which... It started in 2006. I had never really heard about it until I started researching it. And uh, we started on Blog Talk Radio. In 2008. So that's two years after podcasting really started, which means we had no clue what we were doing when we (laughs) began. And there was no one to guide us. Who Uh, says you do now? So many issues. It was was horrible. (laughs) But it was fun. You know, like back then it was it wasn't really scripted. We just, we had papers in front of us back then, you know, like we didn't have all the, uh, the info on the computer for us. We would just print it off, uh, use books, stuff like that, write it down on notes and use that as our main source. Uh, so a lot of it, as it is in, uh, with, with, with Paratooth radio, there's a large amount that's opinionated just based on our own beliefs and what we come to learn over the years. But then that's, uh, then interspliced with the facts that whatever you want to call it, para- paranormal scientists or uh, various investigators kind of bring to get bring out based on their own uh, studies and investigations. So it's always been kind of fun. But way back then, it was like all new to us. Like everything we came across, like, what is this? What's that? What's, you know? Yeah. And so it was cool. But when you go for, you know, 15 odd years or so within this kind of field, it's, it's, you start to realize, man, we, we've covered so many things. And it's it's just like thinking back to when we started to where we're at now, our knowledge has expanded tremendously. But uh, I think with Paratruth, it's just become much more, I would say more organized, but also more professional. But we weren't like just goofing off like we were on Blog Talk Radio and having a blast and 
getting drunk or whatever, uh, we're like, okay, we need to clean up our act and do this the right way. Uh, so I think that's the biggest change between then and now. But it was always fun. Mm. The way you talked about uh, having the pieces of paper in front of you because uh, you couldn't research on the computer like you can do now, it's almost the equivalency of when you went to the library back when I was younger and used microfiche. <laughs> <laughs> Watch cat, you're dating yourself there. I know, I know. I'm older than dirt. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you uh, guys get around ha trying to make it, because you've been doing it for so many years. How do you make it fresh and not boring for you, for your side? I think that's kind of where we're at. And yeah. that's why we're kind of putting an end to it. Um I shouldn't say end. We might be coming back here and there with an episode every once in a while or something. But after doing it for as long as we have and doing it kind of off and on with a guest, it, we've been kind of more so with us by ourselves over guests this year. Last year, it was the opposite. But um, I think asking the same questions over and over again starts to get dull. I, maybe not for listeners, but for the person doing the interviewing, um, it, something that's told to me at work daily is doing the exact same thing and expecting a different result, which is the exact same definition as insanity. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's not that I feel I'm going insane with the show. It's just one going. of those things where it's... <laughs> I'm not going insane with one of those sh with the show, but it's one of those things where uh, you you start to lose interest. And Eric knows he and I have discussed multiple times where I'm just like, I'm I, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like it's been, and for a time I had been uh, taking a break where we did like only three or four episodes a quarter. If that um, we were doing one like once a, a month or every mm -hmm. two weeks or something like that. So, yeah. And it's seasonal for us. Like, I mean, it's summer now. And so it's kind of this downtime with the paranormal aspect of everything. And of course, we're getting <coughs> into September, which is leading into Halloween. And for us, that's when we tend to find the most information we're most hyped up uh, to be talking about the paranormal. But when you're for us, I mean, after 15 years, you're doing it for an entire year. You know, Justin will send me a link or uh, a, a cryptid or whatever. And he'll be like, did we talk about this one? I'm like, yeah, we did. <laughs> and I'll be like, hey, Justin, did we do this? Yeah, we did. Back on episode, blah, blah. You know, and it's like, okay, well, all we keep doing is repeating the same information, the same characters, if you will. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, th thankfully, we've done over 300 episodes so people who are new to the paranormal who are still trying to learn there's a big back uh backlog of info on our website and everything for them or on you know anywhere you can find podcasts but for us being 300 so on many episodes in it's like man and that's on top of the other you know 10 years or so that we've we've been doing this so it's you know there comes a time where it's just gotta hang up hang your hat you know yes yeah. Is there a favorite topic that you guys have covered? Justin, we'll start with you. Um, I think 
by far my favorite episode we ever did was the one with uh, Ben Radford about chupacabras. Um, his book on chupacabras was so interesting. And then to just talk to him about just, he actually felt, you know, the chupacabra wasn't a thing. Uh, he feels that, you know, it was something that was either hallucinated or possibly a thought form that, you know, took, took form after somebody got scared from a movie. Eric? For me, I would say it's it's. I've always been a fan of the werewolf, the me dog too. man, those yep. those characters. So anytime we get a chance to talk about that, if you listen to the show long enough, I bring up the werewolf almost every episode. <laughs> Somehow I tie it in. Uh, so that's definitely one of my favorite uh, subject matters. When it comes to shows themselves, there's there's so many there's so many. Like I think two though. Like for me, there's two. Uh, one is a a our original episode or show that we did on the Salem witch trials, uh, which I think we called Salem, the birth of American communism. It's also our highest rated and most watched episode oh, wow. of all 300 some odd episodes. That's our, still our highest uh, grossing one next to, I think it was Goatman, a Goatman episode that we mm-hmm. did, which was really fun. Uh, but one of my other favorite episodes was, was one that I actually wasn't a part of because I was in Los Angeles and I couldn't get in for the recording. And that was for a book called Unholy Communion. Uh, we had the author David Rufino on who Justin was able to talk to and I listened to that one. That one was just a lot of fun. And that was really our first introduction to whether or not extraterrestrials may possibly be some sort of spiritual entities, uh, maybe even demonic uh, by nature. So that was really our first introduction many years ago. And it kind of took off because if you listen to the show on any of our extraterrestrial stuff or demonology, it always they always cross paths. And that's just not with us, but with anyone we talk to who are experts in aliens and extraterrestrial beings they'll always bring up well they might be spiritual entities that we're just not fully aware of or we're being deceived about and it's it's just fascinating i just lost my train of thought and this is why i don't do live (laughs) oh right okay sorry (laughs) like i said i'm so friggin' tired you could probably tell by looking at me um (laughs) So I hope I don't nod off. I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, well, and that's why we're quitting the show. We're, we're boring people at this point. So the first time I heard about your show was when I first met uh, Jim Mallard and John Mallard, not related. Um, and they were talking about your guys' show, Paratruth Radio. And I thought it was such an interesting concept. Uh, Christianity point of view of the paranormal did you get a lot of flack when you first started off uh with your show with um other christians saying what are you doing talking about the paranormal oh yeah uh and especially i mean within that personal or particular group of christians because it's so you know christianity is a weird thing there's so many <laughs> denominations yep. within the faith and there's various beliefs within those denominations uh but there's a particular group I don't really know what to call them. I, I was actually, weird thing. This was literally a shower thought that I had about four days ago. <laughs> and I was like, thinking about, I, I don't know why it came up, but I was thinking about like some of the moments that I had throughout 
uh, my history with those particular Christians who were just so quick to stab me in the back when answering questions. You know, because they would we were in a, a group that had a lot of quote unquote Christians, and they would ask questions. And one of the questions they asked was, "Can a symbol or does a symbol have power in and of itself?" And I was must have been the only one to come forward and say, "No, I don't believe that. Like, I don't think a symbol can be powerful without some sort of intention behind it." And they immediately started telling me that I wasn't a true Christian. I'm going to hell. Shame on me for even suggesting that. Uh, and I started to, you know, I was, again, I was thinking about this in the shower for whatever reason of what I would call these types of Christians. And I start thinking that maybe they're really Enochian Christians because these are people who've read the book of Enoch and like worship this book. Everything that they believe is based off that one single book and nothing else that's scripturally based, which just drives me crazy. And so I tend to find a lot of trouble with the Enochian Christians because they are, they're, they're just very, this word, like um, prideful of their own personal beliefs. And if anyone believes anything that's different to them, then that person isn't a true believer and they're going to suffer in hell one day and be punished by God. Uh, and it's a horrible thing. It's, it's not the way it should be. It's not the way the faith is. Um, but unfortunately we get, some bad eggs that, you know, a lot of people, they, they hear those bad eggs louder than the ones that are good. So definitely had a lot of in, uh, interesting interactions with those type of people. From the other side, though, too, because when we first started, we kind of, we didn't know what we were doing as far as where we wanted the show to go, I mean. And so we went from kind of more of a debate. So we switched to kind of more of the Christian side um, and that was partially due to the fact that we were making uh, more friends with the Christian paranormal podcasters back mm. then. And then it kind of swayed the other way again. And then um, I'd say within the past few years, Eric and I have both kind of been on the same page, more or less, even though he still does have his his Christian faith and background. But we both kind of come to an understanding that neither of us really know what the hell is going on. <laughs> we just have to discuss it the best we can. Yeah. You know, I think with anything, you it, you can't just read something in the course of an hour and have full understanding. You yeah. can gain some knowledge, but that's it. So with the years and years of study and research, beliefs change, ideas change. And a lot of my stances, uh, a lot of places where I would stand in Christianity regarding some of these uh paranormal topics has changed because I started realizing that there is significant truth in some of these stories that we're reading or some of these uh, scientific studies that have been published. And not everything is understandable. You know, as a Christian, I can't understand everything in the spiritual realm. And it's true that with Christianity, a lot of things are just black and white. You know, God is good, devil's bad, so on and so forth. But there are other things happening within our world, within our, within our universe, within our other within other belief systems throughout the world where there are people who, for example, may worship Buddha and they have a similar reaction or feeling or whatever that someone who worships Christ does. And that's not to say that they're, you know, one is right and one is wrong. I don't know, but I know where I stand. I know what I believe. And that doesn't discredit somebody else, uh, somebody else's beliefs. But, you know, it, it's like, you know, I look, step back. I'm like, well, there must be something there. What it is, I don't know. Whether it's good or bad, I don't know. But to stand here and be like, I'm a know-it-all because of 
because I'm part of a faith that is literally the largest uh, believing faith in the world, you know, the largest religion in the world. That's just, um, it's arrogant, you know? I remember when I first... I think it was being part of those groups that actually made you see that a little bit more. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, because I know... Uh, I... Years ago, I would um, message uh, Justin and say, hey, I have maybe a guest uh, who's a psychic or whatever. Are you interested in having them? And Justin's like, I don't know. I'll have to ask Eric what he what he thinks. And I know there was yeah. a time that you didn't even want to touch that topic. And now you're you're a little more open. Um, so, yeah, no, I yeah. mean, I'm a, I'm a lot more open. Uh, I'll be honest with you, when when back when we were doing Night Stalkers, uh, <clears> when <throat> I first became saved in 2009 there was a huge flip in my belief system and so we would have mediums on uh and psychics and whatnot and i don't i couldn't help myself i would just start bashing and start like pushing and trying to dig <laughs> and all the stuff that they didn't appreciate at all and there's just a lot of bad blood uh and it actually took uh just a nice splitting and me getting my own show in forgotten truth radio to really learn not only about other belief systems, but also my own and where I stand in, in Christ. Uh, and so with that particular show, when I first started, I had a, like my main audience were people who were part of uh, Para-X radio network. And so they were Wiccans, they were Satanists, things like that. So it was always like, hey, 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 we don't want to listen to this because I'm only talking about stuff that's Christian based, that's biblically based, stuff like that. And within the course of six months, those same people who were hating on me early on became some of my some of my best friends. I mean, quote unquote best friends. I they weren't best friends, but you know, there were people that good I friends, was yeah. really good friends with. We, you know, we got along, we had an understanding. And in the end, when somebody new was listening to the show and they were typing in the chat saying, Oh, he's, you know, full of it. One this one guy, uh, I don't know his name, but he had threatened me that he was gonna do black magic and put a curse on me. Oh. And I had Wiccans and, you know, other people of other faiths jumping in on them, like, no, 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 like, you know, defending me. Yeah. And when I finally had to call it quits and leave Forgotten Truth, like those same people who were, you know, we'll call them enemies in the beginning, were now my friends. They didn't want me to leave. They wanted me to stay. They loved that I shared my faith in a way that was relatable to them and, I, and that I would take the time to listen to them. So, you know, when Justin and I came back to Paratruth, um, I had a kind of a different outlook. And we started bringing on these guests that had different views on the world and the universe. And the conversations were a lot better because of it. I've, I have a topic that um, I don't understand uh People who know me know the flat earthers I don't understand. And that's a topic I haven't actually had on the show yet. Um, I would like to have a flat earther on the show, but I'm, I'm trying to find the right person because I don't want to get heated. I want to be able to understand their point of view. And right. I find, you know, I've listened to other podcasts where they totally did, be, don't believe that the earth is flat. They have people who do believe and it's just oil and water and then the podcast just instead of an hour it's like 25 minutes because the host just like i had enough and i don't want to do that so i would like to be able to find the right person to be able to discuss that so if right. if, if that person's out there <laughs> i'd like to hear your point of view but <laughs> so are there any topics that you guys have absolutely thought no i'm 
definitely not going to do this, and you and you haven't. Well, because I think you guys are pretty much Earth theory was what, that one that we weren't going to do, but yeah. we had mm-hmm. uh, I had a friend of mine who kept pushing t- for us to do it, so we did, and. I don't buy into the flat earth theory. There are some very interesting theories and some interesting facts that they bring up. Um, But one of the things that drove me nuts about that specific topic was my friend wanted to say, oh, you know, NASA's pulling the wool over our eyes. You know, the the shot from the International Space Station or shuttles or whatever. It's an uh, fish eye lens and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, the flat earth theory was proved way before NASA or unproven way before NASA even became a thing. So just to say that the patriarchy is deceiving us, we're just going to come up with a whole new thing. Um, but that was probably the one that drove me nuts more than anything. Um, we, as a whole, tried to stay away from conspiracy theories as much as humanly possible. Not that it can't be true, but it's one of those things where, me specifically, I won't speak for Eric on this, I don't want people to hear these theories and then just keep going down that rabbit hole to the point that they're like afraid to go outside because of A, B, C, D. So, Right. And I, you know, I, I totally agree. And it's, it's one thing that I'll say is common here with this whole thing is that the people who believe in flat earth and people who believe in a round earth and why these discussions get so debated is because they're not really truly arguing between a flat earth and a round earth. They're fighting or arguing between science versus religion, because in the religious context, at least in terms of the Christian scriptures and plenty of other scriptures out there too, it makes like kind of like a, it kind of creates a story where it seems like the earth is flat. You know, the way that the authors describe the earth from their very little understanding there, you know, but also, you know, science comes out and says otherwise, and you got to realize like science in, in terms of space, Everyone wants to say NASA, 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 but NASA is a very small company among so many out there. Because, uh, you know, now we have SpaceX, which is a big one. We have Astra, there's Blue Origin, Virgin Galactic, uh, X-Core Aerospace. Like, these are all people that are not just American. They're from various different countries. So if indeed NASA, quote-unquote, is trying to pull the wool over our heads, then every other space company and space exploration company has to be in league. And I'm sure there's people out there that will argue that, but to what extent and why is beyond me? Like it would be a a conspiracy that would, I think would be very hard to cover up in in the long, you know, range of it, especially when it's very clear that when you look out into space, like just look at our sun or our moon, it's very clear that they're, you know, they're, they're uh, three dimensional spheres in our sky, especially the moon is the easiest to see when, once it's shadowed and stuff, it's like, Oh yeah, there's curvature to it. And of course people will say, Oh, it's just an illusion. You know, God placed it up there and, or, or maybe it's not God. Maybe it's some sort of science-based thing where they're just trying to trick us. And there's a glass wall up there somewhere like a dome and these lights shift through some sort of hologram and it's all fake. 
I mean, I think that's a huge stretch, but you know, to each their own, I guess. What I don't understand is a lot of, uh, not, a, not a lot, but I have heard of a lot of people saying, not that I want to stick on this topic, but uh, that the earth is flat, but everything else, all the other planets and everything are not. And I, I don't, are, yeah. I don't understand that. I yeah. think it's their way of trying to make our, or, and this again, of course, goes to scripturally based things because humanity is believed to be a very unique creation. And therefore it's, these people are believing that earth too must be a very unique creation. It would, we're separated from everything else around us. And that's where the difference lies. But again, there's, they don't really have the evidence. They're, they're just taking pieces of science that have been published and then either manipulating it or coming to their own conclusions based on what they're seeing. And yes, again, like Justin said, some of it, it's pretty, pretty convincing, but I think the few things that are convincing isn't enough to solicit a explanation that yes, this is indeed the truth. The earth is flat and we're constantly moving upward at whatever rate uh, of miles per hour or whatever. It's just, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't seem right. Yeah. I, um, it's not that I'm bashing people who believe uh, in the flat earth. I just don't understand it because I don't believe in that. And I just want to understand that point of view. Um, I'm not close-minded enough to, to believe that they're totally wrong and I'm totally right uh, or vice versa. I just want to understand their point of view and how they got to that idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So sure. don't so don't send me any hate mail thinking that I'm bashing you or send or send mail because I don't get any. <laughs> <laughs> and don't send any to us because in a couple of weeks we won't be reading it. <laughs> <laughs> Send it all to Cat. No. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. There's been so many theories we've we've heard. Um, I, Eric, this is going to be one of those times that I'll ask if we've done this. Um, <laughs> one of the theories that I don't believe we've ever covered, maybe we did, I cannot remember, is the moon being a space station of some kind. Have we ever talked about I that? think we did and it was back in like 2015 14 15 because i was in virginia that was back when we were oh. doing the blue beam and all that those topics oh okay then maybe yeah so n not specifically we just included it in with right. something okay but yeah that that's another one that was it, nobody knows how old the moon is or whatever so it's one of those things where it's like yeah, okay, but we we never specifically done did an entire episode on that particular theory. I thought you were going to ask uh, Eric if you ever did an episode that the moon was made out of cheese. <laughs> I don't I don't know why that's where my mind well, automatically went. That is the most common fact out there that yeah. if we would just go up there and mine the cheese, we would not run out. <laughs> and those poor cows would ha no longer have to give so much milk. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we have little mice astronauts that, that go there and mine the cheese. <laughs> totally Why going off. going to abuse mice to go do that? Just well, send the humans up there. We're overpopulating the earth as it is. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> Can you imagine little spacesuits, though, for those little mice? They'd be so adorable. <laughs> oh, lordy. So what do you guys have in store now that Paratruth Radio is uh, quickly coming at a close? When's the last episode? Uh, July 30th. Okay. 
that's funny because that's when this episode's coming out. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Eric and I have discussed this for a while about co-writing a book together. Um, but to go one step further, we wanted to do something that would benefit other writers. And it will be something that we are participating in as we're talking about subjects. So we wanted to help people better themselves as writers. And so we're doing a show called right in the pickle barrel. And it's going to be an educational thing where we're talking about, uh, being a plotter, panther or planter uh what is the best method for being published things along those lines editing you know you name it we'll we'll be getting guests on hopefully some guests from publishing companies and agents and editors and stuff like that to kind of give people the edge on getting themselves traditionally published I personally like being self-published would I love to be traditionally published someday sure but um, I, I think on my side of it, I want to educate people on being uh, self-published or, or independently published versus self-traditionally uh, published because a lot of people treat indie publishing like it's the redhead stepchild of the <laughs> publishing community. Yeah. And it's not. It uh, That's one of those things that is a kind of a misnomer when it comes to self-publishing today back in the day maybe it was not as good as being traditionally published but i like that idea kind of like uh, the show that you you had for a while um eric oh so, about hats oh my god i forgot the title oh yeah um all the hats all the hats all yeah the hats. and yeah. i i yeah, really yeah, yeah. i really enjoyed that show because for somebody like me who doesn't understand anything about making TV shows and movies and all that. I just thought that was really interesting. So if you could quickly tell the listeners about what that show was about, since I mentioned yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. No, all the hats. I mean, it's very short lived. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, my buddy and I, I was living in Atlanta at the time. <clears throat> he moved. He didn't want to do like a long distance podcast because he's, he's an audio guy an audio tech. So he's very particular about how audio sounds. And if we're in two separate rooms, it's a no go. Just, Get rid of the podcast entirely. Yeah. So that's why it ended. But All the Hats was actually a weekly podcast that would discuss various roles within the film and TV world. So we would do talk about everything from the uh, the lowest on the lotus, lowest part of the totem pole. That's the production assistants all the way up to the producers, everything in between directors, cinematographers, writers. And we would just discuss those roles. We would have guests on who were regularly regularly working in those roles that kind of explain what they do, what a daily uh, looks like, you know, for them. Uh, and then it was just like casual discussion between me and my co-host at the time. You know, what we learned uh, as independent filmmakers uh, for those who tend to wear all the hats, uh, which is why it was title, you know, yeah. strategically titled that way. That's a big thing in the film community is, you know, what hat do you wear? Uh, and as an indie filmmaker, you pretty much wear all of them. So that was just our way of trying to educate younger filmmakers, people trying to learn their way up or who maybe have worked in one department their whole life and wanted to learn about a different one. Uh, they can kind of tune in, see if it's a path they wanted to take and go from there. 
from uh, someone like myself who has not worked in that line of business, um, I just found it really interesting to know everything that was going on behind the scenes, like I said, and it made me appreciate film and TV a lot more because I know it's it's not easy work, but it made me appreciate what goes into making all this stuff for people's entertainment or education or whatever. There's just, there's a lot of work and there's a lot of people. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it's, it's a ton. And, you know, I think there's this misconception for people who don't understand it, but I've seen it through our, our podcasting career where, uh, you know, there's like the various award shows for cinematography for, for, for movies, you know, we yep. think of any uh, award show. And people are, are, I'm always seeing people say like, why, why is there an award show for this? Why are they being credited for art, you know, and stuff like that? It's like, it's simple and it's not simple. Like it's a process that takes years to produce some of these things. And yeah, many of these film and TV shows, they're hot, they're, you know, they're, they're employing hundreds of people and within that group. So say you have a hundred people, it's split off into 25 in each department. And those departments rank from producers, hair and makeup directors, cinematographers, gaffers, PAs, and everything in between. And people don't realize what actually goes into that. Not to mention the long hours. Uh, the, the longest that I've worked on a set was about 16 hours uh, on a set. Wow. Now, I know people who've worked longer than that, uh, but that's just kind of the way it works. You get in early in the morning, 6 a.m. You may not leave until 10 p.m. It just depends on how the day goes and it's it's exhausting. And it's part of why uh, right now we're seeing you, anyone who's listening might recognize there's a writer strike happening right now. Yep. There's an actor strike with SAG. And it's because a, a lot of these companies, these big wig producers aren't paying enough money uh, to these people. They're, they're holding it for themselves. And these are millionaires and billionaires uh, that are just stingy with money. They don't want to pay the actors who literally uh, more or less run the show. You know, without the actors, you don't have a TV show. Yep. or a movie uh, and same with the writers without a writer you're not going to get content so that's a big thing right now uh thankfully i lately have been working in commercial stuff so i don't have to worry about losing work but i do know people i have friends and acquaintances who have lost work over these last few weeks Jeez. and they're stuck at home and it's just you know it's it, it's just a crazy time right now you know it's it's interesting i remember in the beginning too when you started your uh, show all the hats and um I would message you. I'm like, okay, what the hell's a PA or what the hell is this? And yeah. then you're like, oh yeah, I should probably explain these yeah. because you just assume that people knew what it was. I'm like, no, I don't know what the <laughs> hell this is. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, re I remember that message. Yeah. And yeah, I had to talk to my, uh, my co-host about it. I'm like, yeah. So my friend, she, she's like, Hey, I don't know what this is. And he's like, oh yeah, I guess that would make sense. We should always describe these things. Um, but I guess like when, you know, when you're supposed to be the expert, and you're talking about it, it just comes naturally because we know what we're talking about. Yep. And there's been times where even Justin and I on, you know, with uh, Paratruth Radio, we'll talk about something, get halfway through and be like, oh, we never really described what this was, you know? Yeah. And so we go back and even like when we talk about investigations and stuff recently, mind you, we've been doing this show uh, for nine years now, Paratruth. And even, you know, if we were to do a show on investigations tomorrow, we would still give descriptions of the various 
items and things that you would use because there are always new people listening. Yep. That might be their first show, their first episode of their introduction to investigating. So they may not know what an EVP is or a digital voice recorder in that case. You know, they may not know what an EMF reader is. So I think it's always important to describe uh, the, the various items, if you can describe them to the audience, because you never know who's listening. Yeah, well, when I first started my show, my dad used to listen and uh, his best friend, uh, I would send both of them links when a show came out and his best friend would message me saying, really good show, but what's an EMF detector? What's a spirit box? What's, you know, and I'm just like, oh, right, I guess you're not into the field and you just don't think in the beginning that you should be describing this, but mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So um, do you know, do you, so you will be starting a podcast together? With, with that topic yep. about the right, yeah? Do you have a date yep, yep. when it's going to be released yet? We're still working on that. Um, we were pitching it to the network that we're with now. Um, originally, they said they were interested. Now we're not hearing anything. So de- depending on what happens within the next week will depend on when we release it. If okay. We, uh, we're shooting for October uh, mm-hmm. if we go with the network um only because we want to do it a uh, seasonal podcast compared to how we've been doing it with paratruth radio with which is pretty much every freaking week um so it'll be a 10 episode or maybe a little bit longer just depends on what we're talking about and then we'll take a, a small break so it might be a little more break than quarterly, but um, October is our our actual go-to. We might start it sooner if it doesn't work out with starting with the network. Okay. And what's the title of the show again? Go ahead, Eric. Right in the Pickle Barrel. And that's W-R-T-E in the Pickle Barrel. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, W-R-I-T-E, it's some- you mean? Yes, what did I say? You said W R T E. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's how I. That's how I write. I didn't too. even I notice. Oh, <laughs> I tend to miss letters when I write as well. My so, so my name I. my my full name Eric Skurback is quite a few wor- uh, letters, and I probably have like five letters when I sign something. Uh, just I think I do like when I sign. It's like E R K S C B K. So I'm missing like the E, the R's, the A's. Like it's just whatever. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it's W-R-I-T-E in the pickle barrel. And it's something based off uh, well, off of baseball. It's it's a term used in baseball uh, that's like for pitchers, I believe, to like get the pickle barrel? in the pocket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've never, I've never heard like, that term. Yeah. So we were like, okay, I think this is a great, you know, we, we, and we spent, I don't know, like a week or so just kind of pitching ideas. But we, we sat down, had a brainstorming session after one of our episodes of PTR and, uh, we just wrote out like, okay, well, here's a name, there's a name, here's a name. And we came up with that one. We have this idea for a logo, which is currently being worked on. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's going to be fun. We wanted something catchy, you know, something different. Cause everyone there, I feel like there's so many shows out there that have very creative, but similar names to other podcasts. Uh, and we just want to stand out. Finding a name is difficult. I mean, I can't take credit for the name of my show. That was John Mallard. I mean, he was helping mm-hmm. me out and I was trying to come up with something different and I'd mention something. He goes, no, that sounds too much like this show. And I'd say, how about this one? No, that sounds too much like that show. And then he's like, how about Paranormal Heart? I'm just like, 
oh, well, why did you think of that? And he goes, because you love the paranormal. It's coming from the heart. You want to talk to people. And I thought, huh, okay. I just ran with it. So, and I thanked, I thanked him countless times. So yeah, finding a name is not easy. Especially one that hasn't been taken before as well. Like all the, almost all the ones we thought of, there was, it had already been taken. Some of them hadn't produced episodes in years, but it's like, yeah, but do we want to be associated with that podcast if we decide to take that name? Yep. Mm-hmm. So how do you do the research? You just kind of Google the name to see what pops up? Yeah. 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 It's a lot easier to do that now than when you first started your Paratruth Radio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Even uh, more I so think, than when we started Night Stalkers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't re- yeah, and I, I don't remember what the process was with Night Stalkers or how we came up with it. Because, again, we were drunk when we came up with the name. <laughs> so we kind of forgot. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> But, you know, at the time it stuck and it was fun. And we had like these, so we went to uh Scarefest. Is that Scarefest 9? I'm not sure which number it was. Okay. Um, so there was the very first Scarefest we went to though. Um, it was like the last show that the Ghost Adventures gang did, um, which I still, to this day, I have Zach Bagan's autograph on the flyer for Oh, that's cool. That, for Scarefest. Yeah. Uh, which I'm thankful for because everyone, you know, when you go to those shows, you have to pay to get an autograph. Yeah. And I ended up catching him walking through the hall. Uh, you know, that's through, right. Through, I remember you telling Center. me. Yeah. And I was just like, Hey, can I have an autograph? So he's like, Ba-do-do. you know, run it off. Didn't nice. have to pay a thing. Like, got that thing framed and sitting in the other room. Um, but you know, we ended up meeting who we also got an autograph for, but I forget her name. She used to work with, uh, uh, Ghost Hunters. Uh, I don't know if she did many episodes, but she did quite a few. And she ended up designing or helped us design uh, business cards <clears throat> for Night Stalkers. And it was by far the best like <laughs> business cards we've ever had. They were beautifully made. They had this foil writing on them uh, in red. It was a photo of me and Justin wearing all black, kind of arms crossed, you know, your typical Ghost Hunter type of stance. Yeah. Uh, and we had this really cool graveyard scene in the background. And when you flipped it, you had this ghostly handprint uh, on the back of it and all of our information. And like they're waterproof or water, super water resistant. I still have a bunch of them in my car. <laughs> Don't know why I can't use them, but they're just pretty. Uh, but I, I look at those every once they're in a while. Like, that was back when we first started, you know, it's like a little memento. Wasn't her name Kat as well? Kat, Kat or Catherine? Mm, she was a redhead. Been. I she was the redhead and she was like yeah. went over to international ghost hunters. International, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 So for, um, are you going to u- be using the same person that did your latest logos? The guy that I used, or are you going to be growing someone else or do you want to say over the year? <laughs> um, well, Eric did our logo for the, our current logo for Paratruth radio. Um, we're asking a friend of ours that has a business here in Bismarck. Um, it's a cookie business, but she's also a digital designer. And so I've reached out to her. Um, I probably have to poke her again because I haven't received anything yet since the last time I poked her. So, <laughs> um, but she's, she did the logo for uh, the Bizman Writers Guild. Nice. Um, and she's done a couple of other logos, and she also was working on a kid's book with her cousin, I believe, or her friend. So, I mean, she's 
her work is very, very good. I firmly believe in having, uh, like, I am working on a website. Well, I'm not working on it. My cousin is. Uh, she went back to school, and she does, she does web designing. And I messaged her, and I said, hey, I'd rather get you to do it because uh, it's family rather than someone that I don't know and I hire, like, a, some business or whatever to do a website who doesn't know me. Um, and she's as goofy as I am. So, And all the family members think that uh, her and I are actual sisters because we're so much alike and uh uh, taste and mannerisms and everything is kind of kind of weird, but I firmly believe in having family and friends d uh, do things like this, just because I, I find they get a better feel of what you're looking for. Mm. Yeah, just for the record, you said based you know based on our taste and mannerisms, and for a moment as you said it, and based on our taste in men, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> no mannerisms. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> that Canadian accent gets you every time, Eric. <laughs> it does. It does, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I, re I remember our, uh, Justin and I, we we took a trip to, to Canada uh, up to uh, Niagara Falls. And it was, I think it was, our, it was our first time in Niagara Falls together. And we got into yeah. the elevator of our hotel. And we're just like, you know, we're going up. This guy gets in. And what does he say? Something like, Hi, uh, how's your day going, eh? Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And we, we both just like froze, <laughs> answered him. He got off and we started busting up laughing. Like, I can't believe he said it. <laughs> <laughs> and then going back and forth with the South Park. Uh, <laughs> what was it? A um, guy and buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yep, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, buddy. What's up, eh? <laughs> I remember telling you guys years ago that I don't say a not as much as you guys think you know a lot of Canadians don't use it and and uh, I was actually on your show once and I don't remember if I was guest or host or what it was but I actually said a and you're like I thought you never said that <laughs> I'm like crap <laughs> they called me out <laughs> now we just gotta get a ticker for every time she says it. You said it like <laughs> 1,500 times in the past year. Yeah, what's going on here? Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> so what else do you guys have other, like not working together? What what are you, what are you guys doing? Because Justin, I know you're doing like 3D printing and, and things like that. That's pretty mm -hmm. interesting. I love seeing that. Yeah, um, and I'm I want to kind of tie it in with my writing too. Um, there are a couple of... 3D model uh, people that have I, I have models from that I would love to pair with the books. Like I have one that is a baby dragon without wings that would be perfect for the worm. Mm -hmm. um, there have been a couple that have made griffins. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there is one of an Anubis bust from the one company that I, I uh, signed up for their files as well and that will be for the god but um yeah i'm working on number three of the legendary creature project uh as i mentioned earlier eric and i are going to be working on a shared project together um so i'm i'm hoping to start doing more writing than i i have been in the past couple of years and don't forget, you said you're going to slide Bastet in that story somehow. 
because that's my favorite Egyptian. I don't Egyptian. remember that. I don't remember that. <laughs> it's just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, what do you have going on? Um. I mean, not too much, but I do plan on starting a uh, a YouTube channel for my fitness stuff. So it's going to be a fitness channel on YouTube. Uh, so I am looking forward to hopefully doing that. I'll tell you what, motivation is horrible lately, uh, but hopefully something will come along with that. But also, and this is something I've been working on for, oh goodness, I don't know, maybe six or seven months, but there was this other small paranormal podcast I was going to do on the side, just myself. Not anything like we've been doing. It's just strictly storytelling and informational uh, called Heartland Myths and Monsters. And so I've got two episodes recorded. And I was thinking of starting that up again and just putting it out there. And this is mainly just going to focus on the myths and monsters within the heartland of the USA. Uh, so all these various tales, things like that. And I talk about uh, the, the actual subject matter. Uh, and then I go into various stories that people have told or shared uh, throughout the internet regarding that particular entity or subject. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. It's something that's in the books that I'm thinking of doing, but again, you know, time is a thing and motivation is an even bigger thing. <laughs> I don't have much of it. <laughs> I'm sitting here chuckling because when you said YouTube channel, I thought you said voodoo channel at first. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, doing that too. <laughs> Your American accent. Eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can call it a voodoo channel because it's, you know, because it's a fitness channel, I'm going to woo all the ladies. Oh, when I get on there. okay. It's going to be working out. So I'm going to do that little voodoo on them. Like whenever I Shelly see... still thinks you should do some dancing every time too, because <laughs> she thought that that would get everybody started watching. Yeah, yeah, you should. So when I <laughs> when I see you doing doing your workouts on Instagram, I'm like, he's just showing off. <laughs> 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 I just twisted a an ankle watching him do that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> jeez. Well, thank you so much for being on, guys. I really, really appreciate this. Um, congratulations on so many years of podcasting. Um, I know it's the end of Paratruth, but I know we're going to be hearing you guys on other endeavors, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, you guys have covered a lot, really, like over the years. Uh, kudos to you and lots of research. Yeah, thank you. A lot of research. <laughs> <laughs> so before so we... much. <laughs> so before we sign off why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you yeah so paratruth.com and you can find all of our links for our socials on there all of our episodes are on there um when we do transition we're gonna leave that up for a little bit but we'll probably be taking the website down to save on cost mm -hmm. and then uh Probably will be back on Spreaker uh, prim primarily, and then it'll disseminate to all the other uh, places that you find Paratruth Radio for uh, right in the pickle barrel. But yeah, any social medias, uh, you can also contact us through paratruth.com. Um, instead of typing out the email name, there's just a contact button there for you. And you can also leave voicemails straight on the website as well. Mm hmm. Any place you want to be found, Eric? Or just pretty um, much the same place? Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same place. I mean, if you want to find me personally, you can put my whole name in the description, Eric Scareback. Just Google me. I'm literally Googleable. So Google Googleable? Something like that. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. 
if you just type my name and the internet, everything that I do will pop up. So I remember I had you guys on one time and uh, there was a time you didn't want your last name known, Eric. You would just be mm-hmm. known as Eric as a K and I slipped and called you by your last name and you're like, well, I guess I'm going with this now. So <laughs> it's like crap. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you know, I think er- er- for, for a while there, I wanted to keep uh, kind of the whole podcast life and my personal life separate. Yeah. Uh, but then eventually it's just like, oh, well, you know, it's it's an extension of who I am. So screw it at this point is whatever. And that's kind of the cool thing for Google. If you type that up, you'll find all my film stuff. You'll find my Instagram. You'll find Parachute stuff. Uh, and that'll, of course, link over to Justin as well. Uh, mm. And my sister, who's an actor. So the three of us are interlinked through my name, which is kind of cool. <clears throat> You're welcome, like Justin. It, like it or I'm, not. Totally. <laughs> it, it is, I'll it's claim mainly, him. I'll claim yeah, him. Yep. It's fine. <laughs> it's just because my, my last name is rather unique and pretty rare. So it's you know, it, it's pretty easy to find me that way, which is a nice yep. thing. Sadly, both of our last names. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I still want to call you Justin Consigliere. I know it's Italian and not French, but... Consigliere. Consigliere. <laughs> get it right. Consigliere. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw a French baguette at you. <laughs> and I'll dip it in some marinara sauce. There you go. <laughs> Well, thanks a lot, guys. Good luck in all your future endeavors. I look forward to seeing what you guys have in store for in the future. All right. Thanks, thanks for coming up, Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to purpleplanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. <laughs>